Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I am your host, Steve Navarra. With me, as always, is Danny, my boy. What's up? What's going on? We uh, didn't do so hot gambling this week. I thought I was catching some catching some fire, but uh, horrible. Yeah, bad. It was, it was bad news, and I got now I got to pay the piper. Yeah, you paid the piper. I had to pay the book. Um, <laughs> and uh, Danny and Jim both went zero and three, so they obviously missed their locks of the week, and now they have to endure. Uh, Rick Flair chops from their wives, and which uh, Rick Flair, you know, deemed problematic after that documentary came out about how he sexually harassed uh, the flight attendant on the plane. But it's just like I've known about that story for years now. And what's crazy is WWE put out like an animated story of Ric Flair telling that story on wwe network but he was obviously his version of the story was all the flight attendants loved me pulling my penis out on the plane (laughs) and you know asking them to touch it and then uh you know the lady is obviously crying and she's you know he you know came up against me in the you where i couldn't get away and all this and that and obviously rick flair is a womanizing um piece of shit but damn, does he cut a good promo? And uh, I don't think he's going to jail over anything. So his whole cancel culture will probably get blown over. Not to take his side like Tommy Dreamer did. And no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about right now. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I think uh, Ric Flair kind of, that was his persona was to be a sexual harasser back in like the 80s. and. And 90s, uh, yeah, you got to separate the artist from the art. But in this case, sexual harassment was his art. I digress. What what an intro. What that, <laughs> that, that is top five intros of all time. Beautiful, beautiful weekend slate of football. We got a beautiful college football slate. I'm excited for that. Uh, lots of injury news, lots of NFL stuff going on. I know we're an NFL injury podcast, but but this is a great week for college football too. Beautiful time of year. First the first weekend of October, you know it's gonna be money. Uh, great for weekend, weekend for uh, movies as well. Venom two already got my tickets. We were gonna do the IMAX, but it was twenty bucks a pop, and then the convenience charge. I didn't want to deal with that uh, for only a ninety minute movie. And I'm going to save the IMAX for Spider-Man in December. So we're just, we're going to see it at like the uh, uh, nice theater with the reclining seats and shit, but not, not IMAX for Venom. I'm really excited for Venom though. And then obviously the Jimmy's trying to type that he can spoil the credit scene. Um, You're a, you're a rotten piece of shit. If you do that, Um, don't do that for anybody listening. And where was I? Oh, Saints in Newark. Heard that movie was awesome. That movie's going to crush. I cannot wait. I'm going to probably watch that at midnight when it comes out on HBO Max. And uh, that's going to be an amazing piece of cinema. Uh, Anything else? I don't think so. I got nothing. Lots of of Uh, good games this weekend. What's your your favorite? what, What game... 
outside of Pittsburgh or Penn State, what's your what game are you most looking forward to seeing this weekend? Uh, I guess um, Tampa Bay at New England. Um, wait, the Ra- who the Rams play? I drive. Well, they the Cardinals. Cardinals, right? Uh, no, is that the Niners or, Car- no, or Cardinals? Niners play the Seahawks. They got the whole division, but yeah, Cardinals at Rams. Car- Cardinals at Rams, I think, is gonna yeah, steal the steal the show. Um, Be- beautiful weekend of college football. We got a top ten matchup: Bearcats and the and the Fighting Irish. We got the the Lane Kiffins and going to going to Bama. Bet the over. Um. We got Woo Pig. Woo Pig yeah, looking, yeah. looking fantastic taking on Georgia. Beautiful college football Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I was in, obviously I lived down here, uh, went up to Charlotte, and so there's a lot of Clemson uh, fans watching that game at, at, the, at a bar I was at. Um, and it was nice to watch them all um, – just get super disappointed and bummed out and NC state, uh, you know, won in overtime. I didn't really watch the game. We were at like Oktoberfest and there's like a bunch of shit going on, but I still, I still caught a glimpse of that. And yeah, we're going to get into all these injuries. There's a ton of them, a top, uh, a bunch of first round draft pick injuries going around. Uh, we're going to talk about how much the Steelers are just a piece of white dog shit baking out in the sun and we're gonna talk about Devonte adams uh hit and how he came back so quickly during sunday night football and then of course we have all of our favorite segments in the end and you can hear our terrible gambling picks so stick around all right plenty of nfl injury news to get you ready for week four christian mccaffrey pulled his hamstring during thursday night football Mr. 1-1 overall has is out for at least four weeks. Uh, I'm guessing four to five weeks with that. So that puts him back at week eight or nine. That that gives you, if you take a hit here and you didn't get Chuba Hubbard off of the waivers, I think you're still in a good spot to have him back at week nine-ish to get you like the last five weeks, maybe get you some wins towards the end of the, the season. To, get you a playoff push, but definitely not ideal for everyone that took him 1-1. But then the guy who goes 1-2 overall, Dalvin Cook, also injured. Uh, and he has he has had limited practice today as of Wednesday. So I'm guessing he's going to split the carries with Madison this week against the Browns. I think both teams probably going to try to um, run the football a little bit, uh, establish their run games and not be like the dumbass Pittsburgh Steelers and throw 58 passes in a game. Uh, <laughs> James White. Oh, anything, anything about either of those running backs? Yeah, I'll touch on McCaffrey a bit. Uh, normally I'm, I, I'm pretty uh, cautious with the hamstring injuries. A couple things though that make me feel more confident in McCaffrey. When you when you watched him kind of pull up lame, he had that little weird hop step when the when the hamstring kind of gave out on him. 
but then he still finished the run. He was still able to drive off of that leg. Um, they, they ruled him out immediately for precautionary reasons. Obviously, they're going to err on the side of caution. But uh, the, the fact that he was able to finish that run, he didn't, wasn't really walking with a noticeable limp. Um, he didn't really completely pull up lame. They also did not put him on IR, which means to me that they're hoping he can come back within that three-week mark. I still say that they'll eventually err on the side of caution, sit him out three games, four games maybe. But, uh, but yeah, once he gets back, I, I, I think he'll still be his normal Christian McCaffrey self. Um, Dalvin, yeah, he was kind of like a late scratch last week. Um, he was limited in his – was he – did he practice last week? Now i got to double-check. I think he was limited in his practices but still was ruled out. So he's definitely, uh, he's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think if he um, if he doesn't have you know a full practice by the end of the week, then I would err on the side of caution with him too. If he if he plays like Steve said, I think it'll be more of a split backfield, especially with as good as Madison looked last week. Yeah. Next up, we got James White. He had a hip subluxation, yet they didn't place him on IR either. Mister Bill and the Patriots. I don't know why. I feel like if you if it really was a hip subluxation, that that is uh, four to twelve weeks. So if it wasn't that bad, you you still need to re-strengthen those ligaments around the hip because that's a ball in a socket. And when you're cutting and stopping on a dime and getting hit in the hips, as running backs typically do you kind of want the ligaments around that ball and socket to be snug and in place. So those two things don't really add up to me. It kind of leaves a question mark for me. I would definitely stay away from James Washington whenever the first game back he is in. If that's two weeks from now, three weeks from now, I would stay away until he proves that he's uh, back to full speed in a game. I'd leave him on your bench. And I wouldn't touch him in DFS. Uh, unfortunate to say our Nittany line, even though neither of us went there. Uh, <laughs> KJ Hamler tore his ACL and tore a big gash in a lot of my best ball leagues. He was a late round guy. I had uh, taken a lot of value in a lot of, a lot of uh, ownership of. That's real unfortunate because I think he was really starting to build ahead of steam and become like a premier slot guy in the league. And now this probably hinders him getting a big payday on his next, uh, on his contract renewal, even though I think that's in two years. Anything about KJ? Yeah, it's tough to see. I love the guy, but as I've said previously, when, uh, when we talked about the Broncos receivers, I've, I've been low on KJ. Ever since he came out, I, I think he's. Uh, I thought he should have stayed in college another year. Um, he he just he's a Tavon Austin guy. He's you know he's got that that next level speed, but the uh, the consistency, the production, the the actual receiver skills aren't fully there. He wasn't putting up a lot of stats as it is. I don't think this is a huge hit for Denver. It definitely strengthens uh, Patrick and Sutton if you have them on your rosters, but. Tough to see for KJ. I love the guy. I hope he gets back to full strength here next don't year. Don't forget about Noah Fant. Well, and your boy Noah Fant. I was, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I was, I was saying more from the receiving core. But 
Yeah, I'm I'm big on Cortland Sutton now. He's looked he's looked good. He looks you know fully healthy. Um, hope hopefully KJ can get back to that full health next year. Yeah, and another guy we like Juju got hit in the ribs because Ben um, can't throw a football anymore. It's just really sad. It was just. I'll just take a moment here, I guess, to talk about how sad it was to watch the Steelers game. I'm in uh, Charlotte with Lance, our boy Lance, and we go to like an outdoor patio place where he could bring his dog. So, you know, he put the oh, he put an Antonio Brown jersey on his dog, and we're both in our Steelers jerseys, and we're sitting on this patio, and all the uh, waitresses and stuff are all, oh my god, what a cute dog, and yeah, we'll put the Steelers game on you know, out here and all that. And cool, cool. And uh, everyone else in that place uh, seemed happy besides Lance and I because it was just so goddamn sad the way the Steelers played. It was so, it was so gut-wrenching. And then, and then finally it was, it was right around when Boswell missed that field goal. You know, we're both kind of over it anyway. And uh, one of the waitresses had a, tattoo of an airplane on her back and i told lance i was like oh lance that girl hasn't he you know he's in aviation and i said and he's like oh that'd be a good conversation i go well why not make it one and so she walks by i go oh hey um what's the tattoo on your back about the airplane and she was like oh i used to be a flight attendant this that and she starts talking to lance and emmy and like five minutes of talking and then finally she just said something like oh and my boyfriend and my and then i just and it was like as she said that boswell misses the field goal <laughs> and it's just like lance is just like it's just a crushing it's just a crushing moment oh damn it yeah that was a that was a miserable day we gotta get healthy not that that field goal would have made a difference, but yeah, uh, Steelers are a heaping pile of flaming dog shit right now, and we're not going to get any better <laughs> until one TJ Watt comes back, which I think he will this week. Him and TJ Hightower. and sorry, go ahead, finish. Uh, and Hightower, but that's not even the issue. The issue is the offensive line. Two, it should be back this week. Zach Banner should be coming back soon, which will hopefully at least help bolster the line. But they yeah, they got to They got to get. I mean, you can't. The defense sucks too because I mean we're missing half of our defensive starters. But the line. I mean, man. But they they've moved the ball in the second half of every game. If they didn't fucking wait until they were down fourteen nothing to start playing every game, I mean, this offense is no different. It's no different than the stupid shit they were doing last year. Exactly. And I said, I was like this, I think Randy Finkner uh, got some voodoo magic and possessed the soul of Matt Canada so he could um, call the same stupid shit screen passes uh, 14 times a game. Doesn't matter. It was the same shit with Todd Haley, too. I mean, we just fucking, it, it's... It's organizational deep at this point, dude. It's it's bad. Well, it's all and, bad. And there were like three 10-yard carries called back for holding, but I guess they probably wouldn't have all been 10-yard holdings if uh, – so, like they wouldn't have been 10-yard runs if we didn't hold. But I, that, that was only – that wasn't even true for all of it. Like I looked 
I re watched those plays and like two of them, it was like they held after the, after fucking Najee was already past them. And it's just like stupid shit. And I can't, it's, it's sad. It's sad. And speaking of that as well, another guy we didn't grab was Richard Sherman. Now he's on the bucks to replace uh, their weakened secondary because Jamel Dean uh, cornerback, he's out for the year. I forget what his injury is. It doesn't really even matter. Uh, he Sherman's going to be good now for the Bucks because we passed on him, and he'll he'll put together a nice little second half of the season and playoff run. Yeah, he was he was pretty much dropping hints in the off season, talking up the organization and Mike Tomlin, basically saying, "Hey, I'm here. <laughs> come come sign me." And Pittsburgh said, "Yeah, we'll we'll keep our 11 million and do nothing fucking with it." Nothing. We'll just fucking watch it. Watch it. Just sit there. Uh, Jimmy's probably loving all this right now. Um, but back to injury news. Yeah. Quentin Nelson, another franchise uh, in the Colts that they're supposed to be good, and they're having a shit year as well. Uh, Quentin Nelson sprained his ankle. He can join the sprained ankle club with Carson Wentz. Uh, I think they obvi- they came back too soon. They're supposed to be out for <laughs> eight weeks, and they came back in uh, – or they were supposed to be out 12, 12 to 16 weeks, I think. They are supposed to be out three months, and then they came back in five weeks. Uh, maybe five to 12 was the original timeline that okay. they put on it. But, okay. yeah, they definitely rushed back yeah, within, that, within that five time frame, yeah. And, well, Carson Wentz sprained both of his ankles, but – when you know when you come back from a surgery, that ankle is weaker, even if you are getting through your drills all right, and you're now putting an overload of stress on the previously good ankle, and it just changes your mechanics a little bit. And, and you know, it might have got rolled up on. I didn't actually go back and watch how Quentin Nelson sprained his ankle. I'm just going to stick with the take of uh, he came back too soon, and and now he's out for probably another a month now now it probably is a month he's out so any any thoughts on the colts yeah they are in disarray it's uh bad news over there titans minus five was the easiest bet of the weekend yeah i wish I, i wish i locked that one in i'm not good at this gambling stuff right now no one is um And then finally, Coach Andy Reid had an undisclosed event, medical event that landed him in uh, an overnight stay in the hospital, or maybe he was released later that night, I think. Either way. I believe it was overnight. Yeah, I think they kept him overnight for testing. To me, that means it was probably heart. It was obviously an organ. He didn't, like, break a bone. He didn't trip and fall so it's not orthopedic which means it has to be something systemic so you know i would have to guess there's some stress on his cardiopulmonary system coaching a game and you know blood flow is an issue i love andy reed though i hope he's a treasure for football and he needs to get healthy and keep coaching yeah, there's a lot of stress on that heart at baseline, let alone after a 
big, uh, crazy last second kind of game. So he says he was treated for dehydration. Who knows? Doesn't doesn't come off as the healthiest guy, but I'm glad he's doing well. Yeah. Uh, let's just roll right into heating pad or ice pack. And uh, we still don't have sound effects for that. Uh, maybe, maybe this week I'll look into that. I don't know. I'll put it on my to-do list right here. Sound effects. You heard me type it. Uh, that's the first. That's first step in a plan of action. <laughs> write it. Write it down. All right. Uh, we'll. Ro- I felt like we spent a lot of time on injury news, so let's roll through these. Uh, Dalvin Cook. I don't think he's going to play this week either. But if he does, I'm going to ice pack him. I'm not even going to put him in my starting lineup if he's available because I think he's going to get fifty percent or less of the, the snaps. I'm an ice pack as well. I do think he plays today. I'm definitely an ice pack for DFS. Um, if you have him in your fantasy leagues, you probably don't have, even if it gets 50% of the carries, you probably don't have a backup that's better than him. So I would still play him, but I don't think he'll be at his normal Dalvin level of production. He's also keep an eye on, uh, on the practice situation, monitor his practices throughout the week. If he's practicing in full by the end of the week, then I then I think he'll be a full go. Yeah. Uh, Rashad Bateman just got activated off of IR for the Ravens. Rookie guy, definitely an ice pack for me. It's going to take him a couple weeks to kind of get acclimated just to the game again itself. And then he has yet to play in an NFL game. So good luck to you, sir. Big ice pack. Uh, not enough receiving yards to go around in the Ravens offense to begin with. And like you said, rookie, fresh fresh at everything, fresh, uh, you know, first game experience. So ice pack Bateman. Yeah, I'm sure he'll look great by week 13 when we have to fucking play the Ravens. Uh, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. A.J. Brown definitely pulled his hamstring during the game. Apparently Julio did too. Mike Vrabel didn't really specify as to why Julio didn't get like a lot of targets after AJ went down. And so I don't think they really fully trust Julio yet. And I don't think they have a, um, he's, he's not, they don't think he's his former self at all. So otherwise they would have, um, they would have been targeting him a lot more, I think early this this year but who knows he is getting used to that new a new offensive scheme and stuff but i'm gonna ice pack both guys i definitely don't think aj brown plays this week and julio is questionable i think he had limited practice as well so either way ice pack i'm leaving him on my bench in a league and i'm not going to touch either of these guys in uh dfs I agree with that. Uh, it's another thing to monitor if they're practicing. Who AJ Brown was injured early and ruled out. And, uh, didn't didn't return. Didn't even try to come back. Um, so yeah, I think he's out for sure. Julio's kind of if his is more mysterious. Um, if AJ Brown's out and Julio's a go, I mean, obviously Julio's gonna gonna get the targets. If one of them's playing, you know, you can you can play the other, but they're not gonna. They're probably not gonna have a huge booming week. Definitely uh, 
Good to look into the backup of that. Nick Westbrook, he's got a hyphenated last name. I'm not even going to try to say the second part, but Westbrook um, came in when A.J. Brown got hurt, had four catches and a touchdown last week. I think he'd be a good a good uh, low-priced flex play for your DFS. Well, to me, this screams pay up for Derrick Henry in DFS this week. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He's 8,800 on DraftKings, but the Jets are dog shit. and you know they're gonna they're gonna facilitate the offense through their their big dog so i'm paying up for um derrick henry in cash games and tournament games this week i don't have him in any any leagues and and or in best ball at all so uh sterling shepherd and darius slayton again two more receivers with hamstrings as four receivers now we just talked about that that pulled their hamstrings um there's really no way of escaping that. I tried to think of, you know, why why are there so many wide receivers so far? It's September. It's still hot-ish in a lot of parts of the country, and these guys didn't play much at all preseason. So getting back to that full speed of the game is tough. Uh, hamstrings and groins are just going to happen in, in this league, and so that's why we're here to kind of help you through which one's – are worse than others and which guys we think can play through these injuries. So Shepard, I would say I would, I would, uh, if Shepard plays, I think Shepard's going to play. They both came back or Shepard came back into the game, I believe, but, um, no, he didn't. He did not come back into the game. So, you know, I, I think I'm going to heating pad, if either one of them plays, I'll heating pad them because they've just got no one else to throw the ball to. Uh, because Kenny, Kenny Galladay is still banged up too. <laughs> oh, never mind. They both, neither of them practiced today. Kenny Galladay, a limited practice. So I guess if you're in DFS, you take, you take Kenny Galladay because they're, I think they'll probably force him out there unless you, or they're going to have to play with practice squad wide receivers. What do you, what do you think? Uh yeah, I'm I'm an ice pack on Shepard and Slayton. Uh Galladay and Saquon have been frequent limited practicers so far, so I'd I'm not too worried about that. I think Galladay will be fine. He's been pretty uh inconsistent thus far this season, though. Hard to trust anybody on this Giants offense. It's a pretty big letdown. The Giants as a whole are a pretty big letdown. I thought defense was supposed to be decent this year. They brought in some weapons, getting Saquon back, getting Galladay. I thought they were gonna be a decent team. Not looking up to it. Plus they plus they fucked me in my gambling. So pretty low on the whole Giants team right now. Yeah, I think NFC uh East, they still have time to, you know, just scrape a few wins together and still be kinda in the mix in the NFC side. But uh Daniel Jones looks good though, but the yeah. rest of the team is letting him down. I mean it's it is what it is. The the offensive line isn't like spectacular, and he he that he looked good in that Thursday night game. That's the only Giants game I really watched. So, you know, just off of that one game, yeah, he looked he looked pretty good throwing the ball in the pocket. I think he's progressing fairly well as a quarterback. I know a lot of people are shitting on him, but um, he's doing better than any of these new guys that came in the league. So. Uh, next, 
Josh Gordon's back again. Uh, back again. And uh, I don't think he'll do much. He'll have a few a few splash plays. Um, I don't see him being super productive. Definitely an ice pack. I'm not going to pick him up off of any waiver wire. Completely agree there. He's not even worth wasting a roster spot. Um, past few years that he did play, he still wasn't a relevant fantasy player. Now he's in his thirties, uh, out of out of football shape. He's not gonna he's not gonna be worth a fantasy spot. Not even worth a, a play in your DFS leagues. Yeah, I, you know, I was kind of worried about uh, Pringles volume now that uh, Josh Gordon is here, but I think you know Josh Gordon is. Andy Reid seems seem to have liked to pick up a couple veteran guys where he can along the way and just kind of have them for depth. I think he he likes the guys that he has already developed that have been there the whole year, and he doesn't just throw a guy in because of a name, as you saw with Le'Veon Bell. So if that's if that's his philosophy in their culture, unless Josh Gordon somehow just stuns them at practice, which I highly doubt happens um i don't think he's gonna have much much volume or targets in, at least not until the late season and finally gronk got hit in the ribs he came back and in the game he's gonna play i'm gonna say heating pad antonio brown is supposed to practice tomorrow so they'll have him back they're obviously at patriots tom brady is gonna be locked in and I, I don't see Gronk sitting this game out against the Patriots. So if you don't think Tom Brady is, isn't going to throw Gronk a touchdown pass in Foxborough, I think you're you're crazy. So heating pad. Yeah, 0% chance Gronk misses this game. He came back, looked good. He's playing that, that year off, did him wonders. Last year got him back, kind of warmed up a little bit. This year he looks it looks like he took several years off the clock. I'm I'm pretty big on Gronk for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, he's not missing this game. He's probably when Brady gets close to breaking the the passing yards record, they are going to draw up a play for Gronk. He's gonna be like he's gonna get two yards short. They're gonna be like boom, tight end screen to Gronk for four yards. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's definitely all of that uh, pretentious kind of shit will be happening on Sunday night. Uh, that's definitely must watch football game. I it's minus seven. I don't, I don't know if I really like the seven, but I do. I do think Tom Brady goes in and just tells Mac Jones to, you know, watch how it's done, son, and uh, it kind of shows every, you know, a guy that shouldn't have anything left to prove. Tom Brady doesn't have a brain like anyone else, and he always he always has to prove it to everybody. So I I don't see Tom Brady actually not covering the spread here either with seven. You got you like you like a way aside on that game. Yeah, I uh, I, I mean Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's seven's a lot for me to to bet on for an NFL game, but. I kind of like the uh, – I think the over-unders 50, and the Bucks defense is kind of banged up. They're definitely going to pressure Mac Jones, though, like you're 
you're definitely going to see Mac Jones getting five, sometimes six dudes sent at him. So, you know, if, if he can get those quick passes off, that's why I like Nelson Aguilar again this week too. I think uh, if they use him correctly, he could be a um, a mid-range target, a quick pass target for Mac. Like you said, Brady's coming in with everything to prove, and he's going to want to smoke New England and blow Belichick out. These New England guys, this is a completely different team. These guys, most of these guys weren't even playing with Brady, have nothing to do with it. They're playing for nothing. You know, I just, this is, it's probably going to get ugly, Tampa, Tampa, Tampa Bay big, but seven for an NFL game is a, a lot to bet on. I mean, for, to bet on Belichick to get blown out is tough to do. I do think they cover the spread, but I'm not picking it. And uh, obviously, Devontae Adams took a really big hit during Sunday Night Football. I kind of wanted to talk about that for a minute. He got a quick concussion evaluation and came back probably 12 minutes of real time, maybe. Maybe maybe 18 minutes of real time came back onto the field. And I know some people were, you know, questioning or making fun of, oh, how did how did you get through the protocol that quickly? But, you know, rewatching that hit and when I watched it Sunday night, the initial impact is actually to his chest from the defender's shoulder going into his chest. And then it's really the end of the impact is more on the neck and bottom of the face mask area. So at that point, you're looking at more of a thoracic or cervical neck injury. And so obviously, if he's like responding cognitively and he answers your sets of questions correctly, you can immediately rule out any cognitive stuff. And at that point, you're just any pain over your spinal um, columns, any pain to touch the neck, move your neck any of these certain ways. And it would usually be noticed by like grimacing or pain. You you typically can't fake or just like power through neck pain. It it usually spasms up the muscles around it too. So it's a fairly accurate test. So so that kind of does explain why his blue tent trip wasn't that quick or wasn't that long. And he was able to come back out. And I really don't think he suffered a concussion. Dudes definitely get hit. Um, a lot worse in my opinion and don't even get sent to the tent but the fact that he laid there too probably got a stinger probably didn't feel right you know and the wind knocked out of him but his eyes were open when they did that close-up shot as well after he immediately got hit so I really don't think it was any any cognitive stuff he didn't have any fencing response either so uh, any thoughts on it Danny my biggest issue was, well, you said 12 to 18 minutes. I don't even think it was that long. I think he missed like one play and came right back in. But my issue with it is, is uh, I've seen players held out for much less and they go through the full concussion protocol, miss a drive or two before coming back into the game. That was that was my biggest thing. Um, seemed like uh, regardless, Packers in a tight game were kind of like, no, nah, like, Get, get back out there. You're our guy. You're our stud. But, uh, yeah, definitely. I don't know how the hit wasn't flagged. Um, I'm not saying he was concussed, but he was uh, down motionless for a while. Like you said, he he was conscious when they showed that close-up. But he uh, appeared to be a little bit out of it. 
I was pretty shocked that he came back in right away. Definitely got the wind knocked out of him. I believe I'm saying that, but uh, yeah, there's definitely some uh, inconsistencies with. If that was just an average Joe, he would have been in the full protocol, out for a lot longer than he was before he was cleared to return. Yeah, I definitely agree with all that, and nobody's really treated the same. But uh, I guess you know when is it a blue hat or a red hat guy? I, it's one of the two hats. They're the independent doctor, but they still work for the league, and they still know who's a superstar and who's not. Um, it's definitely tough. But I, I do think it was more of a, hey, you seem cognitively intact. You probably answered the impact questions we gave you correctly. And then you don't, don't have any spinal column pain. So check, check, check. Um, you, you're good to go. But that was a, a very quick um, rule judgment. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think him, he did lay on the ground for quite a while. And I think that probably helped the situation. Cause if he was woozy or concussed or anything like that, it, it would have, he would have been more, more cleared by the time he actually got to the sideline. Yeah. But yeah. It was, it was a quick trip. That was, it was interesting to see, to say the least. For sure. All right. Now time for soccer draw of the week. Which also lost again for me uh, and you, I believe this last this last go around. We need to start just taking first half draws. So if you are listening to this and you for some somehow some way you actually bet on soccer or anything, um, take the first half draw and the full time draw. And I think a lot of these first the, these first halves have been draws we kind of are on to these are tight games but then someone pulls away in the second half or gets gets one in the net and also full disclosure i don't watch one second of these games um because i haven't picked manchester city or like a ucl game which is like the only thing i watch so i don't watch a second of this this is throwing darts at a dartboard and i'm going to see how many of these i hit so this week i have crystal palace and oh no i lost the tab uh danny you go leicester city is playing crystal palace yeah oh there we go let leicester city and palace draw pencil it in i'm going premier league action as well here i got uh tottenham ashton villa um just looking at their uh recent matchups they have not drawn in at least their past five head to head so they are due they are due they are overdue english premier league action coming at you on sunday that's a one-one draw. Lock it in. What what do we got next? This segues us perfectly to our uh, our next uh, topic, the LGBTQIA plus player of the week. It was tough. It was tough. I'm I'm going Carl Nassib. Carl Nassib, Nassib three weeks four, in a row. Four tackles, half a sack, big win for the Raiders. Got the three and zero. Carl Nassib playing playing some good football. Yeah, I I knew I saw all the sharp money was on Miami and all the steam was on Miami and and the point that the the line moved from plus 4 to 3 and a half which also tells me that Vegas was scared of losing money on all those people on it which means you should take it when that when that happens when those two things correlate and I still I still was too big of a pussy to to go against the Raiders at home. And sure enough, they didn't cover. 
and and the and the Dolphins covered that three and a half. So there you go. Um, you know, sometimes the math does work out like that. And next we have my tight end guru, obviously Gronk, like we talked about. Gronk's going to have a touchdown and uh, a few chunk plays. But he's on the Sunday night slate, so for DFS on the main slate, Noah Fant also talked about him. He's going to suck up some of those targets from KJ and Judy out. He's he's their go-to guy over, I think, even Patrick or uh, Sutton. So I really like him. And um, I forget who they're playing, but they were ranked 32nd DVOA against tight ends. Yeah. Big one. So uh I definitely like like font. Now I'll be I'll be putting him in some DFS on obviously I already have him in some leagues. So Gronk and Font, Fant. I don't know how to pronounce it. And now the greasy gambling picks. Uh Danny and Jimmy both went a whopping 0 and 3. Getting back on track here this week though. Yeesh. I went two and one. The only person hitting the the lock of the week as well. So the standings after three weeks, I am four and five with one lock win. Danny is three and six with one lock win, and Jimmy is three and six with zero locks that he has won. So, Jimmy, let's start it with you again. What do you got? Uh, you know. Tough, tough week, tough week. Uh, yeah, thought I called the Steelers right, but you know, that's for something. That's something for you guys to cry about. Luckily, uh, my team won. My team's looking great. My team's defense is stellar. So you played the two worst teams in the league. You beat Houston hey, and Chicago. I mean, so, hey, I mean, give us, give us your pick. Hey, don't hate. Uh, all right, so. I hate these games. Like there were hardly any games looking at the slate that I was like, yeah, I'm taking that. So all of these are, um, you know, for the segment. So I'm going to take after their performance, I'm going to take Dallas minus four and a half. Um, Their offense looked like, you know, I think it's, they were doing pretty well in that uh, game last week. So, Gonna ride with them. I'm going to a little bit of a upset alert. I'm going to take the uh, Cardinals plus four and a half right now. I think uh, you know why the fuck not. And then the lock of the week. You guys touched on it. I thought one of you guys might have called it earlier. There's no way that. Tom Brady is going back into fucking New England and not just shoving his fucking foot down their throat. I would take 14 points on this fucking game. There's no way. Oh, you the can Bucks take 14 lose. points on well, I know, I, Okay, I, but for the sake of the fucking lock and chugging a Milwaukee's best, I'm not putting 14 on the lock. I am taking the seven. No way. Tampa loses this game. No way they don't win by more than fourteen in this fucking game. Wait, I thought we, I thought we changed it. Didn't? Is, are we getting waterboarded or are we chugging a Milwaukee's well, beast? We'll, whatever. We'll, uh, we'll, this week we'll do chugging a Milwaukee's best. Next week we losers have to get waterboarded. 
by their, <laughs> by their females. Isn't that banned by like the G- Geneva Convention or some shit? We're going to break some international... Do we have to abide by <laughs> rules? We're not um, doing it for information. We're doing it... Um, <laughs> hey, I don't know. I'm just, I'm We're saying, doing it as punishment for being I don't want to end gamblers. up on some fucking watch list because I get... Waterboarded. Good uh, thing no one listens to this fucking <laughs> podcast. Fucking fiance needs to get on a plane and be able to make it to Mexico in a couple months for our That's wedding. Right. I don't need her to show up on that list. Mm-hmm. All right, but that's big. Tampa Bay Gronkineers going in there, beaten by fourteen fucking points, calling it now. Yeah, Tesla will probably volunteer to waterboard me even if I hit my lock, mm-hmm. but. uh yeah, I'll go. I'll go ahead with mine next. I got this. is This is tough. I'll, I'll back up what Jimmy said. This is a tough week, which probably means I'm going to go three and zero. Because last week I was confident with my picks. The Hoosiers. Oh, I'm like I'm going to get fired up. But they were my picks were looking good, and then they coasted, and I went over. But all right, let me. Uh, I got I got a lot of Big Ten picks on here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna backspace the Michigan one because I see Steve's got that down there, so I'll steer away from that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with my lock. Lock this one in. And I this one scares me a lot. There's not a lot of good picks I like this week, but I got Iowa minus three at at Maryland. That's the reason it scares me. Maryland's a pretty good team. Tonga Vailoa, the younger Tonga Vailoa. Uh. Playing really good ball. Maryland undefeated. They're notorious, though, for starting the season hot, looking good in the non-conference, and then getting to the Big Ten schedule and kind of falling apart. Um, I think that will be different this year. I think Maryland finishes the season pretty strong, but Kirk Ferentz does not lose these type of games. One of the most underrated coaches in the league. Um, Got Iowa as a top-five team. He's not going to look ahead to this Penn State game next week. I think he... uh, Think he gets the job done in in uh, in Maryland, Maryland, uh, Iowa minus three. Um, still makes me nervous, but that's that's the lock of the week. They're at least not losing the game. Wish I could take it money line. Iowa doesn't have a great offense, but that defense is locked down. So I'm gonna take them to give me to win by more than three points. Um, then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the NFL here. I I'll take uh I got Minnesota at home against Cleveland plus two. ESPN's FPI says outright Minnesota's got a fifty-one percent chance to win it. So you're giving me over fifty percent and and two points to work with. So I'm gonna take Minnesota Vikings plus two. And then my third one, I'm torn between Notre Dame and Purdue here. I'm gonna say uh I like Minnesota looks awful. Purdue looks good. Seems like uh, a no-brainer. Yeah. Seems like a no-brainer, but P.J. Fleck, I, I trust him to get him rallied, but, man, Minnesota just looks bad. Ibrahim got, got hurt, and they cannot throw the ball at all. I really want to touch this Notre Dame game at home, plus two. Steve, you do your picks. I got, I got to think about this for four more minutes. All right. Uh, I'm kind of torn as to which one of these I want to make my lock, but I'm going to go, I'll do my two first, uh, Michigan plus two at, uh, actually they're on the road. Uh, Michigan is, so I just think Michigan is, 
a much better uh, football team. They're playing really good football right now. And uh, Wisconsin obviously had that daggering loss. They're no, they're, they can't make the college football playoff now. So at best, they're hoping for like the Rose Bowl. But I think Michigan sets themselves up to get their hearts broken later in the season, uh, hopefully by Penn State. Uh, so Michigan plus two. And then we got Arkansas. Uh, woo, pig. And uh, whenever I watch an Arkansas game, uh, which isn't often, but when I do, they they pan to the crowd, and it is literally ninety nine white people. <laughs> it's like a Where's Waldo to find someone in that crowd who isn't white. And uh, I, you know, I can't just I can't pinpoint why. <laughs> why wouldn't other other people of other races want to be in Arkansas? Um. Arkansas, by the way, is a, you know what? I'm not going to say anything bad about Arkansas because I'm taking them plus 18 and a half at Georgia. They're going up to the Bulldogs. Uh, Georgia's getting their quarterback uh, situation kind of figured out as to who to play because the starter got hurt after the Clemson game. Now he's back, so now they got to figure out which one they want to play or what they want to do. Uh, and Arkansas is just playing good football right now. So for two four and O teams, I think eighteen and a half is a bit disrespectful. It just seems like a bad line um, because everyone, I think the public just likes Georgia and, and thinks Georgia's you know just like Alabama. But I think Arkansas is uh, much res- more should have more respect on their name than eighteen points. And uh, I guess my lock, oh, I'm, I'm not even saying it with my chest. Um, fuck it, I'm making Arkansas my lock of the week. Arkansas plus 18 and a half is the lock of the week. And I'm moving uh, Panthers and Dallas over 50.5 points. Panthers, they did trade away Dan Arnold, but they still have a good receiving core. And Chuba Hubbard can get the job done enough but uh i think dallas is just offensively um they're starting to click dak is really starting to feel himself and kind of get in a groove panthers just lost um i forget the cornerback's name they they just lost a cornerback for the season though they did trade for one uh with with dan arnold so he can't play this week though, or he's not going to be ready to play in that scheme. So I think Dallas puts up, you know, 30, 35 points. Panthers can get, you know, they can get to 24. I think, I think they're, they're good enough to score a few touchdowns, but I don't know. I didn't want to make that my lock of the week. Uh, I just, I think Arkansas is just getting disrespected here. So Danny, let's kick it back to you. I'm still I'm still torn here. I do like your Michigan pick. That's that's a good pick. Graham Mertz looks terrible. I don't know what's going on there in in uh, Madison, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna steer clear of that Notre Dame game because since he is tough, I do like them. I think Notre Dame wins. So you should lock in that Notre Dame game because I'm not gonna pick it. Uh. But I'm gonna I go Purdue, like that. Purdue minus two and a half at home. Minnesota is just I don't know. I don't know what happened. Uh but Purdue looks really good. Their offense is really good. 
Um, their only loss was Notre Dame, which they played them real tough. This is a pretty decent Purdue team. Jeff Brom's got got some good things cooking down there. Uh, Purdue minus two and a half. I'm gonna take that. So I got Vikings plus two, Purdue minus two and a half, Iowa minus three is a lock. Wait, I thought you said Purdue is your lock. No, Iowa's the Iowa's the lock. Iowa, <laughs> right. I, yeah, switch switch. Iowa gonna beat Maryland and probably gonna get game day. In Iowa City, Penn State of Iowa is gonna be a top five matchup. Kirk Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz is gonna have his team ready. They're not gonna look ahead. They don't lose games like this. Um, big one for Iowa. All right. Well, I can't wait to see how shitty this turns out. This just sounds like it's gonna be a disaster. We're all second. Well, you know what? This is like the first time we're all uh, kind of hesitant and, and second guessing and tiptoeing. So maybe maybe our caution will will provide us with um some dubs that's what that's what i was just just gonna say i last week i was confident none of those picks they were all three locks if you ask me but and i and i hung a goose egg but so this this week i don't like anything so it's it's all gonna win it's just how it goes uh yeah i mean i i think i think we have some good picks for the people here so get those in. Those lines are definitely going to move. Well, this is coming out on Friday. So get your picks in Friday because those line, those college lines move a lot Saturday morning. And uh, NFL doesn't really move as much. But all right. So anything else to, to add to finish with? No? I got nothing. All right. Fuck the Steelers. Yeah. First of all, no, I do have something because you <laughs> pissed me off earlier and I was going to channel back to this and I forgot to until you just said that. So fuck you, Jimmy. But the Browns have played, a, their opponent's combined record is three and six. Pittsburgh's are seven and two. So Ligma and we got the Packers. We're going to be one and three and our opponents are going to be 80% winning percentage. And, and you guys keep getting... You know, teams from the cellar. So hey, we talk, gotta play who me, they schedule us. Talk to me. We talk to me in that. October. We Halloween who we night. Get to play. When we got TJ Watt healthy, when we got Tuit healthy, when we act, we're gonna have nine other people injured. But when when some <laughs> of them are back healthy, talk to me in, on Thanksgiving or on Halloween when we play. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And by Thanksgiving, you guys won't be playing for shit. You'll probably be playing Dewey Haskins by then. So, how, how many times have, have the Browns won the division? Ex- expansion Browns have never. Since the expansion Browns well, have started, Tennessee has won our division more more one time. They haven't mm-hmm. been in the division since two thousand one. They have one hey, division yeah. title, way and you have zero. The, way to look to the past. We're talking present. That's day. the entire we'll history. See. What do you mean? That's oh. that's the entirety of the Browns. Hey, history. It's all history. Oh. Well, you know, I will say the Browns, they are starting hot. They're getting some momentum, just like the Steelers did last year. And then we we collapsed in December. So it's really how you play in December. I feel like it's it's how you kind of climb the the ladder to get yourself over the top. Uh, um, but will things change? Like, I, there's no there's no way the Steelers are winning a playoff game this year like not not right now 
There's no, no way they're making it to the playoffs. Uh, I mean, no, no, don't give but, me that. But look, but when the no. defense was healthy, we have a one-game sample size of a healthy defense, and they completely dominated the Buffalo offense, who's hey. looked great. So we, we've I'm just saying, we can maybe Pittsburgh it. can get together, chip in for our Brazzers account for Big Ben. Let that man within, pop his baloney again. And with, then maybe you guys have a chance at a wild with a healthy With a healthy defense, we proved we can win in Buffalo, who is the best team in the league right now. That was week one. Get out of here. You're hanging your hat on a week one victory that you won by seven points. In Buffalo, who was the best touchdown. team in the... Yeah. Well, week one victory. Doesn't mean shit. Uh, go, go struggle with the Texans again. Hey. It, well, it, we struggled with the Bengals. Uh, that was just our... Uh, you know what? I'm just saying it now. That was our worst game of the season. It, it's only going to go up from here. We're not going to play that, that was bad. That was the worst game of the decade. Well, you're telling me that you're going to walk into fucking Green Bay and you're going to come out saying that yeah, last week was your worst the game? Ste- the Steelers play to their competition. That's Buffalo is better than Green Bay. Buffalo is better I'm than Green saying, Bay. I'm not saying Buffalo. I'm not. I don't. I thought we had no chance in Buffalo. Week one victories. I'm saying you guys aren't dropping two touchdowns to the Bengals and then walking into Green Bay and doing anything better. Against I love Aaron a fired up Jimmy Rogers. Oh, I love, we got to do this more. Get Jimmy on the podcast. I love a fired up Jimmy. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? Buffalo is better than Green Day. So every game is a one game sample size. Okay, well, Buffalo is better than Green Bay. Let's we'll talk next week and see after that outcome how relevant that is to your conversation. All Go right, bed, Jimmy, you got to work in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have work in the morning because I still haven't gotten my test results. Um, So everybody have a great weekend. It's getting to that nice fall weather. Go um, enjoy that while it lasts because it doesn't too long in Ohio, that's for sure. And stay healthy, America. And go Pack Go.